Hello, my friends, and welcome to The Real With Podcast. This is your host, Emma, and I am so excited to be sitting down recording this episode for all of you. Today, we are going to dive deep into the topic of self-love, and you may think I'm crazy, but I'm actually sitting down to re-record this episode today, Sunday, February 21st, the last day of the self-love challenge, because I just felt like I had more to share, and the first episode I recorded was weeks ago. I was trying to channel that Taurus rising energy within me to be proactive and to get things done ahead of time, but that Sagittarius Sun, Sagittarius Moon, Sagittarius Mers, Mercury, Venus, North Node, all of the Sagittarius within me decided this morning to say, fuck that old episode. I don't even know who I was when I recorded it, even though it was only a few weeks ago. I'm going to wake up and record the self-love episode on the last day of the self-love challenge, and that just made so much more sense to me, and even though I'm going to have to scramble to edit this and get it all ready to release because I'm dropping it on Sunday, the last day of the challenge today. I wanted to do it because fuck it, because YOLO. You guys, if you've been following me for a long time, really, I'm hoping understand that I believe I'm a different person every day. I'm always evolving and I allow this to happen because I'm doing my best to honor my feelings and I'm trying to meet myself where I'm at every day. And by doing that, I allow myself to evolve day after day. So even though that self-love episode that I recorded a few weeks ago was awesome and beautiful, I feel like a totally different person today sitting here, and that's why I wanted to re-record this episode. I know that I can't continue to do this, and I do have to channel more of that organized part of myself to be proactive when it comes to this platform if I want to have a successful podcast, but when it comes down to it, the Sagittarius in me is just like, fuck that shit. I'm going to do this podcast however I want to do it, and that's what's going to make it different and successful. So here we go. I'm sitting down hoping to get across all of the amazing topics and points from this self-love challenge, not just for me and my wisdom and my experience, but also to share some of the things that you all shared with me during the self-love challenge as a community. Before I start diving into the actual topic of self-love, I kind of just want to explain why I created this challenge. And I'm not expecting to get emotional on this podcast, but I have to express how emotional I've been this past week. This challenge far exceeded my expectations of how it would unfold, which is so beautiful and I am so grateful. But to make a long story short, a few weeks ago, I think this was at the end of January, I was sitting down with my Real With Emma team. As you guys know, I hired my first virtual assistant, Isabella. I absolutely love her. She is a Taurus, so she brings that earthy energy. She's very logical, very disciplined, and gets to the point, very honest. I love that. I need that. I need some more earth in my life because I'm very fire heavy in my natal chart. But then I also have my sister as the creative director behind the Real With Emma brand. And so because my sister is a virtual Virgo sun, Virgo rising, very, very, very creative, very disciplined, very organized, and really likes to make things happen. They are a process kind of person. And then me, I'm a Sagittarius sun, Sagittarius moon. I have Sagittarius in Mars, Mercury, Venus, North Node, I think Jupiter too. Regardless, the three of us together, it makes an amazing dynamic team, and we really wanted to do another free challenge for the Real With Emma community because the new year was tough. I think it was really hard for me. It was hard for a lot of people. Just the hangover from the year 2020 was really shitty and really heavy. And so again, I have run multiple free challenges in the past, but they were always for three days and they were really focused on self-care. In these challenges, I invited people and challenged people to put themselves first, to make rituals throughout their day, whether it's just in the morning, at lunch, at night, all three of them, by doing things to nourish themselves, whether it's meditating, journaling, grounding, cooking a nice meal, moving with intention, you know, even just applying your skincare, taking a bath, all of those things are very powerful self-care practices. And by making them a ritual, there's a lot more intention behind it. But I digress. Anyways, that self-care challenge was kind of the first taste I got at connecting with my community in a different way, a really deep way, a powerful way, a fun way. And so again, we wanted to do another challenge. But 
with the three of us sitting down, we quickly snowballed this idea. It was like, okay, it's going to be February. It's right after Valentine's Day. My sister is kind of newly single and she's like, Valentine's Day is probably going to be hard for me. It's probably hard for a lot of people since we're still in a pandemic if they don't have a partner, if they live alone, if they can't see family and friends. So let's make it a self-love challenge. Let's help people spend an entire week Not just prioritizing loving themselves, but digging into the topic of self-love. Because as I said before, bone to pick with the wellness industry, but self-love is not just about loving your physical body. And this is really the door that's going to open me into the rest of this topic. So before I get there, I just want to take one minute to thank all of my community leaders, because as me, my sister and Isabella sat down thinking about this challenge, we really were like, how can we make this not just like exclusive to the Real With Emma community, but how can we have it blow up? Like, how can we just make a movement out of this instead of it just being like maybe 100 people? If 100 people from the Real With Emma community joined it, it still would have been badass and powerful as fuck. But you guys get what I'm saying. We really wanted to get this in the hands of as many people as we could. So we like ran a Facebook ad. We're hoping to target maybe an older audience because I know my mom has struggled with her relationship to herself for a really long time and she was so excited to do this challenge so we were like let's throw it on Facebook we'll run an ad maybe we can get some older people to join in and really prioritize self-love and then it just kept going we were trying to brainstorm how we could get this challenge to more people and we decided that it would be so fucking magical and so epic if we could have other self-love leaders who are already on Instagram doing those sorts of things like being authentic, promoting intuitive eating, intuitive movement, and really honoring who they are every day. If we could get them to lead their communities through this challenge, it would be so powerful and so beautiful. And so again, we developed this idea. We reached out to all of the people who we knew on Instagram. They all happen to be my friends on Instagram. But again, they are already leaders of self-love. Not every single one of them leads the same way, which is what makes it so amazing. Because if we all showed up every single day with the same voice and the same experiences, the same level of vulnerability, the same content, it would be boring. And so by having all of these unique leaders in the space lead their own personal community through the challenge, it was just so powerful. And to watch it unfold the past seven days was I mean, my heart is so warm. I always call myself the Grinch. Like every time something like this happens, I feel as though my heart grows and grows and grows. My heart is like five, maybe six times larger than it was when I first started my self-love journey. It seriously expands. And I know I referenced the Grinch, but it's truly just like my heart chakra. My heart chakra is opening and it's becoming more warm, more energetic, more vibrant, more bright. And it just, again, it warms my heart. It makes me so happy that this challenge unfolded the way that it did because so many people who may have never seen this challenge, who never would have asked themselves those hard questions that were in the journal prompts, who maybe never would have read my caption or my sister's caption or Nikki's caption or Crystal's caption or any of these people who were leaders in the challenge, their content, their voice was able to reach more people because we did it as a community. The community leaders were all trying to do it for the collective, not for themselves, not for just their community, but because By making it a team effort, we as a group were able to reach more people. And I don't know about you, but that's fucking cool as shit that we can just show up and say, I want to have a mini movement happen, a self-love movement. Let's just all talk about it together for seven days. And by doing that, again, we reached so, so many people. And I'm just immensely grateful and grounded and humbled by this entire experience. And so just to wrap up, we made this self-love challenge to bring the real raw, kind of deep, kind of heavy self-love journey to people who may not have ever had the opportunity before because the journaling prompts from this self-love challenge, again, those are not questions you would ask yourself on a daily basis. Those are not questions anyone might ask you, but they helped to dig in. It helped to be a mirror for the collective, for everyone who did this challenge to show you what it is that you may need to work on, what parts of yourselves need more love. And we did this because, again, self-love is not just about the physical 
physical body. There is so much more to this self-love conversation. And so to transition into the actual content of the self-love challenge and what I really want to leave you guys with, the first thing I have to talk about is the fact that we are not our physical body, which is why the self-love challenge explored so many different facets of self-love, like loving your essence, loving your spirit, loving your divinity, honoring your pleasure, prioritizing your pleasure, reflecting on your relationship to food, romanticizing your life and not waiting for somebody else to romanticize it for you. And then of course, day seven, main character fucking energy. That is why this challenge was created. You don't have to be in love with your physical body to have a relationship with yourself built on love. In fact, your physical body is the least important part to the self-love picture. Your physical body is the least important part of who you are. Your physical body is the least interesting part of who you are. And this self-love challenge was hoping to bring that idea to the collective, to everyone who did the challenge, because we again are always targeted by the media, by society saying, oh, you want to love yourself? Here's how you can love your physical body. In this, this is what it just, it kills my soul every time it happens because although I do love my physical body and I worked so hard to love my physical body, that's the one relationship with myself, again, that it has the least amount of importance when it comes to loving who I am because this is where we're going to get a little bit deeper. We are not our physical body. I am not my physical body body. This body is simply the flesh vehicle. It's the vessel that my soul is in for this lifetime. This body was given to me, given to my soul, so that I could experience the human life, so that I could touch, smell, kiss, connect, laugh, experience a wide range of emotions. This physical body is merely here so that we can live out the human existence. It's so that we can perceive things, so we can create perspectives and judgments and opinions, so that we can think logically, so that we we can, again, fulfill a task physically. Our physical body is not supposed to be the marker of our worthiness. It's not supposed to dictate how deserving we are of love or success. Our physical body, again, is just the flesh vehicle that my soul and your soul decided to ride around in for this lifetime. So coming from someone who absolutely hated herself for years, for decades, I hated every single part of myself. It wasn't just my physical body. And so trying to heal my relationship just with my physical body wasn't really getting me anywhere. It wasn't until I started leaning into all of these other parts of who I am that I really started loving myself wholeheartedly through and through loving myself. It's very crazy for me to be able to sit here talking to a microphone in my living room saying that I love myself, but I do. I fucking love myself. I think I'm a rad ass, cool ass bitch. I have my issues, right? I have my insecurities. I have my lows, my dark moments. I I battle severe anxiety. I get really defensive. I project a lot, okay? I'm a fucking Sagittarius through and through. Those are the things that I'm working on, but at the end of the day, I accept them. And so this kind of leads me into the one topic I really want to drive home is that self-acceptance is the foundation of self-love. You cannot love a part of yourself if you don't accept it, which goes hand in hand with the idea that we don't have to love our physical body to love ourselves because I do not love every single part of my physical body, but I accept it. I accept that I have small boobs. I accept that I'm five, one and a half. I accept that my fingers are really fat because I broke every single one of them playing field hockey, right? I don't love my fingers. I don't love my tiny boobs, but I accept them. Therefore, I'm still in alignment with love. Self-acceptance is what transcends into self-love. And it's not just about our physical body. I had to accept all of the parts about who I am as well internally on a soul level, my brain, my trauma, my past experiences that continue to try and relive themselves through my subconscious, through my thoughts, through my ego. I have to accept who I am through and through. And then because I'm accepting and I'm not judging myself and I'm not vibrating on shame or guilt or fear, I'm able to continue on my self-love journey because that's where I'm at. I'm choosing love over fear every single day because I accept my Myself. I accept when I have a bad day. I accept when I have a good day. I accept when I have a fault. I accept the fact that I'm not the most organized and that sometimes I ramble and sometimes my passion, my fire is a little bit too much for people to handle. 
And there is so much more I could say on this specific topic, choosing love over fear, making every decision in your day a nourishing one so that you are aligned and vibrating with love instead of fear, because that's so important to get anywhere that you want to go. But quite frankly, that would need its own podcast episode. So to kind of wrap up day one, the challenge was all about connecting to our physical body, understanding that our body is a gift. It was given to us to experience this life. And when you understand that and accept that, and relish in that, it makes life a lot more fun. Once I understood that, I was like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to go get tatted. I'm going to dye my hair. I'm going to wear and dress this body however the fuck that I want because it's my body for this lifetime. I'm going to decorate it. I'm going to nourish it. I'm going to treat it well. I'm going to protect my skin from the sun. I'm going to make sure I'm not using toxic chemicals on my body, right? So it has to go a lot deeper than just, ooh, I accept my body and I love my body. How are you taking care of your body? How are you honoring your flesh vehicle? How are you making sure that it feels loved and feels safe? How can you be on the same team as your body instead of at war with your body? And this is something I opened up about and talked about during the self-love challenge this past week is how I spent decades of my life at war with my body. I hated it. I didn't trust it. I talked down to it. I abused it emotionally and physically. Again, I think the majority of you might know. If you're a new listener, you might not know, but I had a very bad eating disorder for many years. I suffered from bulimia, orthorexia. I had bouts of anorexia, binge eating, anorexia athletica, aka trying to physically work off the food that I ate. I abused it in the weight room. I abused it on the field. I forced it to work out even when it didn't want to. I ignored what I really needed when my body was asking me to rest, when my body was asking me to just drink some water or have some vegetables. Instead, for years, I was depriving it of what it needed and forcing it to show up in a way that wasn't realistic and wasn't honoring my body's needs. So day one was really focused on getting people to start reflecting on their relationship to their physical body so that they can choose to honor it in a different way moving forward. Now, day two and three really go hand in hand for me, honoring your essence, honoring your divinity. And of course, it has to do with every day of the challenge. They're all connected. That's the holistic lens. It's the big picture. But day two was huge for me and something that even when I had to sit down and write my Instagram caption for that day, I was like, how the motherfuck am I supposed to fit everything that I have to say on this topic into one caption, which is why I'm very excited to expand on it a little bit right now. Day two is all about honoring our essence our soul's essence. Because again, when I hated myself, when I was at war with who I was, it wasn't just like, oh, I hate my body. I hate my boobs. I hate how I'm short. I hate that I have fat here or that I have cellulite there. I hated everything about myself. I hated my personality. I hated the way that I showed up. I didn't like myself. I didn't like who I was. I didn't think I was smart enough or funny enough or capable enough or wise enough or relatable enough. I didn't think that I was interesting. I felt as though everything that made me different and it, or quote unquote unique was my weakness. And because of that, I lived in a really tough place where I never showed up authentically and I didn't know who I was. So when I started my self-love journey, it was really like, who the fuck am I? I know that I hate who I am. How am I supposed to become someone else? I don't even know who that person is. What should I be focusing on? And so the number one thing that I talked about in my caption for day two was this idea of being kept in a box how we suppress ourselves and continue to try and define ourselves by society standards. So for me, I lived in a box of being an athlete, being a tomboy, being intimidating, being bitchy, being judgmental. And I felt as though those were my characteristics. That was my box. And I had to continue showing up that way, even though I didn't like it even though it literally killed me every single day being that person, being cold, being judgmental, hating myself, and honestly hating others. I hated so many people. The list of people that I quote unquote hated was so long for so long. Though I would need an entire episode just on my eating disorder, an entire episode just on mindfulness and changing my mindset. I can't fit my whole journey into one episode, especially not just a few minutes of this one. But through my journey, through my evolution, deciding that I didn't want to be in that box anymore because it was killing me. I really wanted to be kind. I really wanted to have people come to me with their problems. I didn't want to be the sarcastic friend. I didn't want to be all of those things. And so, 
I went to therapy and the first thing I had to do was forgive myself for living in that box for so long and to not judge myself or shame myself or carry that regret with me for living so long inside this box that really suffocated my power and my strength and my beauty. So it was through therapy, it was through a lot of journaling, through a lot of mindfulness that I was able to say, okay, I don't want to be in this box anymore. I actually really would love to be kind. I would love for people to want to come to me with their problems instead of me just like being a sarcastic bitch all of the time. I wanted to be nurturing. I wanted to be grounded. I wanted to have a positive energy on people instead of my typical toxic energy. I was a toxic person. I was a pessimist. I was always the glass half empty. I was always judging people, making jokes at people's expense. And again, I had to forgive myself for living in that box, but then I also had to break it. I had to unlock the box. I had to push the fucking sides down and walk out and decide not to step into another box because that would have been really easy. It would have been okay. I don't want to be this person anymore. Now I'm going to be this person. I'll define myself as a health coach. I'll define myself as X, Y, and Z. And I can't lie to you. I almost did. I almost walked from one box to another because it's easier because society wants us to define ourselves. Society keeps telling us that we have to be somebody as if we're not already someone simply because we exist. We don't have to be somebody. We just are. And I'm in a place now, you probably know this, that I just wake up every single day and I'm like, who am I today? What do I want to do today? What makes me curious today? What lights a spark in me today? By allowing myself to just be curious and to take aligned action, aka letting my intuition guide me. That's how I became a health coach. I went and got my master's in sports nutrition, but it just didn't light me up. And I was like, okay, what does light me up? And through healing my eating disorder and all of these things, I was exposed to holistic health and wellness. And I was like, this stuff literally lights me up. I could talk about it forever. I took aligned action. I let my intuition lead me to the next choice and the next choice and whatever felt good and whatever I was curious about, whatever, honestly, I found myself researching in my spare time. I continued leaning into those topics and that's how I got to be where I am. And it was through that curiosity and through allowing myself to just do what I felt called to do that now I know who I am. I'm someone who has so many passions, in so many interests and instead of using those things as another way to define myself to make other people feel more comfortable because honestly that's what it comes down to this whole idea of living in a box we do it to make other people feel more comfortable we do it because society loves when we define ourselves when we can be niched down into a certain kind of person because then it's easier to target us with their marketing schemes. It's easier for us to get caught in the consumerism spiral when they know exactly who we are and how we are defining ourselves. And so when it comes down to breaking out of this box, again, it's society's standards that that probably put them into place, the sides of this box, but it is self-imposed. We are the ones that hold the key. We can open the box. We can break out of the box whenever it is we want to by allowing ourselves to be multidimensional people because we are. We don't have to stay in this one tiny box that makes other people feel more comfortable. And okay, before I dive into any of the other topics of this self-love challenge, I need to hit this one point. I literally wrote myself one note for this episode. I'm really not scripted here. I'm kind of flying off the cuff, but I wrote down this one thing, especially when it comes to day two, honoring your essence. The one thing that without a doubt made the biggest impact on me loving who I am was looking into my astrology, my human design, my life path number, numerology, all of these more spiritual quote unquote woo woo things. You might think that they're woo woo now, but I'm telling you when you go to astro.com, when you get the app Astro Future, when you read your life path number, when you read the numerology life path book, you will without a doubt understand how important it is on your journey to self-love, self-acceptance, to living your best life, to manifestation, to being in flow and being in sync with your intuition. These things play such a large role. So without taking up too much time of this episode to talk about myself yet again, 
I have this really deep-seated belief that I'm a bad person, and I developed this from a super young age. As I've said before, I am a Sagittarius sun, Sagittarius moon. I also have Mars, Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, North Node in Sagittarius. I also have some Aries in there. I have a lot of fire in my chart and little to no air or water. So as you can imagine, I'm a very fiery person, and it has always been this way, which is why I developed this belief at a young age that I was a bad person. I thought that some people were born inherently good and some people were born inherently bad and that I was the latter. And my mime growing up, my mom's mother, she gave her a book that said how to raise a spirited child. My parents tell me that when I was younger, they would joke around and say that if they shaved the back of my head, it would say 666 on the back of my skull. And I mean, yes, like even my own parents were like, you were crazy. You were just so mischievous and yes, full of life running around screaming, but also filled with so much fire. Like I would get in arguments with people. I would lie. I would steal. I would break out of the house. I was always leading these revolutions either with my siblings. I'm one of four kids or with all the kids from the neighborhood. I got my friends into trouble a lot. And so a lot of my friends' parents didn't like me. They said that I was a bad influence. And unfortunately, there were a lot of women in my life who reinforced this belief that I was a bad person or that I was toxic. So again, long story short, I spent all of my life up until probably 24 years old hating myself and feeling as though all of that passion inside of me was my biggest weakness, that I was a bad person and that I not only burned myself, but I burned those around me. And so When I started looking into astrology, when I started reading into what it means to have so much Sagittarius in my chart, instead of the information telling me you're a bad person, it was like, you have so much power. You can use that fire to light up the world. You can use that passion to create movements and lead revolutions, which is, hello, what I did or what I tried to do during the self-love challenges. Like, let's get everyone fired up about this fucking topic of self-love. Let's end the misogyny patriarchal standards that women all embody and live through and live by. And let's start making our own rules. Let's romanticize our life. Let's be the main character. I'm getting off track here. But as you can see, looking into my astrology was huge for me because I realized that the things that I hated about myself could also be my strengths. It's a double-edged sword. On one hand, I could easily use my energy to burn people in my life, which I have done. And if I'm honestly not careful, I can continue to do. Like if I'm not meditating and prioritizing myself, my words cut. They cut deep. I can make people feel really small and really shitty or self-conscious. It's kind of the energy and impact that I have. But again, double-edged sword on the other side of that, I can use this impact and this strong energy that I carry to make people feel seen and supported and held and safe and empowered. So if you've connected the dots, that's why I do what I do and why I show up is I'm really trying to empower the collective to take back control of their life and to live authentically because it's the best fucking life. Your life is so juicy and so fulfilling and there's so much to be grateful for when you're living authentically and intuitively and mindfully. But to circle back and wrap up what I was saying, lean into what was written in the stars, what is innately within you because I did not understand my fire. Therefore, I was aligned with all of the negative characteristics of being a Sagittarius. Sagittarius, all of that fire in me manifested into, again, being super sarcastic. These are all of the, and I have a I have, a, I have so many bones to pick, but I have a bone to pick with all of the astrology memes online because every single Sagittarius meme is only pointing out our worst characteristics. Like, being too sarcastic and making fun of our friends and flipping off the world. Like, there are so many other things that Sagittarius bring to the table. And maybe I should make my own Sagittarius meme account, but I digress. Understanding that I was a Sagittarius and reading into the positive attributes of a Sagittarius, I was then able to say, okay, I can align myself with this and I can let all of this fire in me bring more light to the people in my life instead of burning them, as I've said before. So to honor your essence, Figure out who you are. You can do that again by leaning into all of these other modalities of your spirituality like astrology, etc. But also, again, by taking that aligned action and following what makes you feel curious and juicy and warm. Sing more, dance more, laugh more, 
Do not censor yourself. Stop filtering who you are and suppressing who you are when you're in social settings or with certain people. And if you're listening to this and you're like, but I'm so afraid of how I'm going to be perceived. I'm so scared of being different than I've been because of what people are going to think about me. I am going to do this and say this with compassion as much as I can because I remember being there and I remember caring so much about what people were going to say about me. And I'm not going to lie to you. When I first started my Instagram account, when I first started showing up in this capacity and talking about these topics, people from my high school, people who went to college with, people who I considered friends were shitting on me. There were people who would screenshot my posts and send them around in group chats and rip me apart and be like, who the fuck does she think she is and what, she's a hippie now and all this stuff. If they are spending all of their time and energy making assumptions about me and who I am and judging me and forming these opinions about me, then they are clearly not fulfilled or confident in themselves. It is like psychology 101 and spirituality 101. When someone judges you, it's because they're actually judging themselves. Judgments stem from projection and from parts of ourselves that we aren't willing to accept or view or face or reflect on. So, and, and here's the thing. I still have judgments about other people that come to the surface, but I choose to let those thoughts come in and out. I do not hold on to them. I don't give them my time or my energy. As long as we are living and breathing, we will be making judgments about people and our brain loves to make assumptions about other people. But it's up to you to choose whether you give that thought that pops into your head the time and the energy. Bottom line Do not sweat the opinions of other people. They're going to have them. They will form judgments. But when that happens, send that person love because they need it more. Because you are doing the work to break out of your box. You're doing the work to become your authentic self and to love yourself completely and wholly. And if they aren't also doing that, instead of saying, fuck them, Show them love, show them support, show them compassion because I used to be that person, you used to be that person and they need love more than they need us to judge them for judging us. The rest of the topics of this challenge really bring up a lot for a lot of different people and that became very apparent as this challenge unfolded. Days three and five together where we talked about our divine feminine energy and our sexual grievances and sexual wellness. This was all included in the self-love challenge because again, there are different parts of who we are that need love and validation and compassion in order for us to fully love who we are. And again, it starts with self-acceptance self-acceptance. I accept the fact that I spent the first 24 years of my life leading with mostly masculine energy because I was an athlete, because that's what I was taught to do, because I was told to shut off my emotions and to not be such a girl about it, to push harder, to do more. And I also considered myself a tomboy and an athlete. And I felt like if I showed that feminine side of myself that I would be outside of my box and then people would judge me for it. So I can continued leading with my masculine energy. I was rude. I was aggressive. I was cold hearted. I was not in touch with my emotions. And when I realized this and when I started breaking out of that box and leaning into that feminine energy within me, I broke wide open. All of a sudden I had all of these feelings that I wasn't letting myself feel for years. And it was honestly like the floodgates just opened. And now I am the most emotional person simply because I am not scared of my emotions. I'm not scared of anxiety. I'm not scared of feeling sad or depressed or being angry anymore. I allow my emotions to come to the surface because they're always showing me something. And that's how I continue on my healing path. That's how I continue on my evolution. And by accepting the fact that I'm a multidimensional being and that I'm going to have emotions throughout my day, it takes the pressure off of me to always be a certain way. And again, to put myself back into some sort of box. And we do that as humans. We love to define every single thing that happens during our day. If we have a bad morning, we love saying, that it's going to be a bad day because we like to prove ourselves right. We like to say, okay, one bad thing happened, therefore more bad things will happen. And so then because of the law of attraction, because of the way that our brain works, it loves proving itself right. We're going to find more things during our day that prove that today is a bad day. So I know I'm like, I'm getting so off topic here. This is like the one thing with my podcast that I was like, how am I going to sit down and just talk about one subject? Because my brain just like boop, 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 bops around to like all of these different things. But it's very important to say today is a good day. Today is inherently good 
good even if some bad things happen. That's just the contrast. There are no highs without the lows. There is no dark without the light. And through it all, through the highs and the lows, all of that, we have to allow how we're feeling to come to the surface. We cannot continue to suppress how we're feeling and white knuckle our existence. I'm What I mean by that is trying so hard to control how our days unfold, like only allowing ourselves to feel certain things at certain times of day. I understand that if you work a nine to five job, you may not feel as though you can just honor your emotions all day. You can honor how you're feeling without fully bringing it to the surface and just say, okay, right now I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. I'm acknowledging that. I'm validating that. And then I'm going to move through my day. And this entire conversation goes back to self-love because to love yourself, you have to accept yourself. And by trying to act as though you're not an emotional being, by putting yourself in a box, whether you define yourself as mostly masculine or mostly feminine. And again, the masculine and the feminine, those divine energies, it's like the yin and the yang. Within that feminine energy, there's also that dot of masculinity. And same for the masculine, there's that dot of the feminine energy. And it's supposed to be a dance. We're not supposed to define ourselves as one or the other, but instead tap into each energy as we need it. The divine feminine, that's the flow. That's the juice. The feminine is the creative energy. We are expanders. You can give us nothing and we will somehow turn it into something. We seriously have that as a gift. We are able to express ourselves. We are more collaborative. We are more nurturing and we need that in life. We need that in leaders as well, which is why women make such amazing leaders is because we can tap into that masculinity when we need that logical, grounded energy where we're able to assess and analyze and lead with more of that willpower and discipline. These are things that I tap into throughout my day. When I wake up, I try and channel the divine feminine. I'm in a flow. I allow my day to unfold and I do it with more ease. Again, it's that feminine energy. I approach my meditations and how I write my captions and interact with people from that place of love, that compassionate, nurturing energy. And then when it's time for me to sit down and update my expense sheets or do email automations and more tangible, tactical tasks, I tap into that masculine energy. So again, it's supposed to be a dance. But for years, I led with my masculine energy. And not just that, I didn't feel as though I even had feminine energy within me. It was so hard to tap into that feminine energy that I carry that we all have within us because I spent so long suppressing it. And due to this, due to suppressing that feminine energy within me for so long, I was really unable to honor my pleasure, to prioritize my pleasure, to communicate my needs sexually. And I know that this entire topic was huge in the self-love challenge day five, honoring and prioritizing our pleasure. But I am actually going to make an entire podcast episode on this topic because there is so much that I want to say. And I'm probably going to have my sister co-host that episode with me. And I might even do a little Q&A for that topic because I think it sparks some more conversation and it can pull some more things out of me. But I will leave you with this. The reason that in this self-love challenge, we have to have to. It's so crucial to talk about our sexuality and prioritizing pleasure is because when we don't, when we don't prioritize pleasure, when we don't stand up for ourselves, when we don't communicate our needs, what that's doing is reinforcing to ourselves that we're not deserving or worthy of that pleasure. And this is one of the reasons that so many of us struggle with self-love is because we don't think we're worthy of it. But we have to understand that it's not me right now at the age of 27 that feels unworthy of love. And it's not you wherever you are at in your life who feels undeserving of love. It's our inner child. It was that younger version of ourself that was like a sponge growing up, right? That's what we are. When we're so young, I think from the ages of our birth until seven or eight years old, we are in receptive mode. We are just looking around and making perceptions and beliefs based on our environment and our surroundings, based off of our primary caregivers, based off of society standards, what's being reinforced to us through social media, through the television, through the media, through our classmates, through the toxic culture in middle school and high school. That is when we started developing this idea that we're not worthy or that our body is what dictates 
validates our worthiness and that we have to twist and contort and change our physical body in order to be deserving of love or to be accepted by society's standards. So when we don't honor our pleasure, when we continue to ignore our soul's essence, when we don't honor our divinity, when we aren't taking our rightful place as the main character in our life, it's reinforcing to us here and now that we're not worthy. But what it's really doing is reinforcing to that previous version of who we are, our inner child, that that belief they made is true. We're validating our deep-seated self-limiting beliefs and also understanding that we're not the one who planted the seeds of unworthiness. We didn't choose that at a young age. Again, we developed and created these perspectives because we were in that receptive mode and because that's what we thought to be true. Like when we're younger, we see all of these magazines with women always trying to lose weight. Our parents and our moms were always chronic dieters and everything we saw in the media was like looking skinny and being on a diet and that diet culture is so ingrained in us and it goes hand in hand with self-love. So also day four's topic, honoring our hunger in our body, that's gonna be its own podcast episode too because there's so much tied into the self-love conversation that stems from our relationship to food and then again, our relationship to sex, to intimacy, to pleasure. So just to give you guys like the spark notes here, When we do not honor our hunger, when we do not honor our pleasure and communicate our needs sexually, it's reinforcing to our inner child that what they believe to be true is in fact true. So again, my inner child believed that I'm a bad person and that I am not feminine enough and that I can never be sexy. So every time that I entered a sexual situation and didn't communicate my needs and didn't prioritize my pleasure and faked pleasure, faked orgasms, it was literally killing my soul every time because it was reinforcing to my inner child that I don't deserve pleasure, that pleasure is bad, and it reinforces the shame around pleasure in my life. But again, that's going to be its own podcast episode probably with my sister because me and her have these really unique experiences that are so different from from each other's and I really want you guys to see more about this topic versus just me only talking about myself which yes I could do forever and ever but it's always cool to get someone else's story and opinion in the mix as well. But the last thing that I'm going to touch on in this episode is going to be day six and seven of the self-love challenge, which was all about romanticizing your life and being the main character of your life. It's so important on your self-love journey to romanticize your life, to make the mundane sexy and spicy and so much more juicy simply because we can, because that's what we're here for. We're here to have this beautiful human existence, but for For so many of us, me until I was the age of 24, we lived on autopilot thinking that our physical body was the only thing that mattered, that our existence didn't have a purpose, and that all the thoughts that we think are facts. I spent so long thinking all my thoughts were the truth. It was the end-all be-all. If a thought came into my head that said, you can't eat that, you didn't work out enough today, I was like, okay, true. When another thought came in my head that said, you can't wear that, you're not sexy enough, I was like, okay, true. And by just letting my thoughts dictate my energy and dictate what I thought was true or not, I kept staying inside that box. I kept censoring myself and filtering myself and quieting and being smaller and smaller to make other people feel more comfortable. And so when we wake up and we understand that our thoughts are not facts and that our thoughts are simply stemming from our subconscious, remember when we're born, our subconscious is empty. And so we have to fill that subconscious with beliefs and perspectives and we do that by taking in our environment. So everything in our subconscious is what we've already experienced. It's the past reliving itself. So all of the thoughts that come into our head are only there because we've either already thought them or believed them to be true. So when we understand that our thoughts are not facts and that we can choose again, we can start creating and crafting and molding this new perspective, this new life, because we are the divine creators of our life. We can take the mundane things throughout our day and make them rituals. We can make our coffee in the morning such a beautiful experience. We can apply our skincare with intention and with love instead of, again, just autopiling our days away day after day after day on the hamster wheel that is this life or what we are taught is this life. That's not the truth. 
The truth is you're the divine creator of your life. The truth is you're the main character. You get to choose the cast, the co-stars. You get to choose the wardrobe. You get to choose the adventures that you go on, the meals that you eat, the backdrop, the scenery. You get to choose all of that because you are in control of your life. And so in order to fully embody a loving relationship with yourself, you have to, without a doubt, take the rightful place as the creator of your life. You are the main character. It doesn't matter what anyone else says or what anyone else thinks. At the end of the day, it's you making decisions for you, choosing thoughts that serve you. It's saying today is a good day and that you'll rise to meet your challenges and your day will unfold with ease and you're worthy of love. But the key here, this is the one biggest point with this topic of being the main character and saying these powerful affirmations Actions speak louder than words. So if you're in a place right now where you're like, yes, I'm on this self-love journey. I want to start saying affirmations like I am worthy and I am loved and I am capable. But every time you do it, every time you say it in the mirror or write it in your journal, a voice comes in your head saying, no, you're not. And you kind of have that imposter syndrome. It's because your actions aren't in alignment with that belief, with that truth. You can't say in the mirror in the morning, I am worthy of love. If you're going through your day on autopilot, not taking a moment to take care of yourself, if you're not drinking enough water, if you're not working out, if you're still eating food alongside fear and anxiety and self-loathing, if you're not prioritizing your pleasure, if you're not communicating your needs, if you keep having your actions reinforce the lack of worthiness and deservingness of love, then you're going to have imposter syndrome when you try and say those beautiful affirmations. So in order to be the main character, you have to do things that reinforce your worthiness of that role. You have to start honoring yourself, honoring your essence, honoring your personality, honoring your uniqueness. You have to start honoring your emotions, whether you're having a good day or a bad day, a happy moment, a sad moment. And remember, above all else, you have to accept who you are. Accept that maybe you're not in a great place mentally or you're not in the best place physically. Accept those things with love instead of with fear. We have to stop judging ourselves and shaming ourselves because that keeps us vibrating at a really low frequency. And when we vibrate at a frequency, we attract more things at that frequency. So if you're always living in fear, you're going to attract more people, places, things, situations that reinforce fear over and over and over again. And that's how people get caught in the victim mentality. That's how people get caught in a life where bad things always happen to them. That was me. When I was growing up, I was so, so low vibrational. And I would always tell myself, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I have the worst luck. And so I did over and over and over again. I had shitty ass luck. So to make it all nice and crystal clear for you, root yourself into the present as the main character. Lean into your spirituality because I know that I haven't said it outright, but if you couldn't tell from almost everything that I said on this podcast episode so far, it has a lot to do with honoring your spirituality, understanding that you're not your physical body. You are a multidimensional being. You are a light being. You are infinite. You are from source. You are love and owning that and honoring it with every action that you take, with every thought that you choose to think. You have the ability to change the intention in which you do things, aka shifting from love to fear. That will lead you exactly where you need to go. That's really what I want to say. Choose love over fear over and over and over again, and you will without a doubt get where you want to go in a place of love and acceptance instead of judgment and fear. Again, I am going to make a podcast episode specifically on day four, which is about honoring your hunger and your body. I'm probably going to dive more into my eating disorder in that episode. And then also on days three and five, where we talk about divinity and honoring your pleasure, me and my sister will make a podcast episode on that. So stay tuned for a Q&A box that you guys can drop in some questions for us to answer. And with that said... I'm wrapping up my first episode of The Real With Podcast. I am so excited to release this today. I have to like quickly finish this, edit it, and get it released so that you guys can listen to it this week. With full transparency, I don't think you guys will be surprised to hear this, but I will not be dropping a podcast at the same day at the same time every single week. I am going to really allow this podcast to just be an extension of myself. So when I feel called to record, 
then I'll sit down and I'll record. When I find a time that works for me and a guest to record, then we'll do that. But I'm not going to put the pressure on myself to show up in a certain way because I should, because that's the way that it's been done before. I do feel as though with time, I will get into the groove of this and it will be a lot more frequently and you can depend on episodes at certain times. But for right now, I really wanted to release the podcast, but not do it with so much pressure upon myself because as a classic Sagittarius, the minute I have to do something is when I stop wanting to do it. And so to keep this light and to keep this fun, I'm going to do it with more ease and more light and just kind of allow it to unfold the way that it needs to. So you can expect a lot of episodes coming out soon, whether they're 30 minutes or an hour and 30 minutes, whether it's just me, me and Casey, me and my sister. I have so many great guests lined up for you guys. You are going to love all of the people who I will be bringing onto this show just to open up the conversation to new topics like astrology and human design, yes, spirituality, but also gut health, skin health. I want to have my acupuncturist on. I want to have my Reiki healer on. We are going to explore so many different modalities of holistic health and wellness, and there'll be some fun, juicy episodes as well. So feel free to send over any topics that you want me to cover, any guests that you want me to have on. And if you have a moment, a minute of your day, please rate and review my podcast. It would mean so much to me because it would help more people find this episode, more people find the show, more people find my page because at the end of the day, I am on a mission to redefine the journey to wellness and I can only do that with your help and with your support. So once again, I am so, so grateful for you. Whether you're a new listener, whether you've been following me since the start, I adore you. Your support means more to me than you'll ever know. There are so many times where I want to quit. I want to throw in the towel. It's too hard. I can't handle it anymore. But it's your support. It's your messages and knowing that you resonate with my words that makes everything worth while. I know that it sounds cliche and I always get scared to say things like this, but I really just want to change the world in some capacity, even if I'm only changing the lives of five people, 50 people, 500 people, ideally 5,000 people. I just want everyone that I can get my hands on to hear what I have to say, not because it's me being preachy, but because I feel as though they might resonate with my story or my words or my message or even the resources that I share. I love researching a topic through and through and then just taking all of that information, processing it and regurgitating it in a way that's easily digested by all of you. So again, that is my mission here. I'm actually just trying to like wake everyone the fuck up to realize how cool and rad and beautifully unique they are and that it's a shame to act any other way. And before I continue to ramble on with all of my other junk, I just want to say how much I appreciate you guys letting me show up as my authentic self. I'm actually not suffering from imposter syndrome the same way that I had been for the last year. I feel very confident and rooted in who I am right now and that was only possible because of your support. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope you were able to take at least one thing away from it. You deserve love. You are beautiful. You are the divine creator of your life. And if you ever forget that, just DM me because I will always be there as your number one cheerleader to gas you up, to remind you of how beautifully unique you are. And with that said, I am grateful for you and I'm sending you the most love.